Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers. I'll be delivering this podcast today, and it is on the book of Revelation. We are continuing a verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation. So, once again, I thank you for those who join in and listen to this broadcast. I invite you to open your Bible to Revelation chapter 14, and I'll read uh, the last few verses of a context that I began last week. And that is in Revelation 14, and the section is verses 9 through 13. I've already dealt with verses 9 through 11, so now today I want to deal with verses 12 through 13. And the title of the passage today, or the title of this podcast, is Can True Faith Be Killed? Can True Faith Be Killed? And that's what I want to address today in Revelation 14, verses 12 and 13. So, I invite you to follow along as I read this. I'm in the New American Standard Version, and I hope that version does not offend you. It's uh, as close to the uh, original as I could find as the text. And so I want to begin reading this, beginning in verse 12. The Word of God says, in Revelation 14, beginning in verse 12, Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. What an amazing passage of Scripture. And I think I say that almost every time I get ready to teach on the book of Revelation. But it is a a very important section of Scripture. It's a very terrifying portion of Scripture that describes the time when our Lord Jesus will return to bring to an end the period known as the Great Tribulation. Even though we're not technically at the end of the book of Revelation or at the very end of the Tribulation period, which will be Revelation chapter 19... It is still speaking as though it is at the end. He will come at the period known as the great, to end the great tribulation, to judge the wicked uh, over all the earth, and to establish his glorious earthly kingdom. And I can't wait to get to that section. The judgment in this chapter are only a small portion of the judgments that are described in the book of Revelation. And we've been seeing that as we have moved along. So... Much of this information is given to us as way of fact. Uh, And you'll see what I mean by by that in just a few minutes. But the text is uh, pretty uh, demanding as far as arresting our attention. And I want to cover a few things by way of observation. So the text today is directly related to verses 12 and 13. But again, it's part of another greater text, which is verses 9 through 13. And that shows us the, the complete opposite of the uh, types of people and the types of death that we're going to uh, see as we read this. There are two types of people generally. There are the saved and the lost. We, we know that. There are saved and the lost. And during the tribulation period will be no different. There are the saved alive and there are the, the, uh, the lost that are still alive. This passage is a passage of encouragement and comfort to those who are believers. Remember now, last week we looked at the contra, beginning to look at the contrast between two different kinds of people. Those that are lost, or are known as unbelievers, or actually the book of Revelation refers to them as earth dwellers. And then this section this week, verses 12 and 13, deals with what it's called here, the saints, or true believers still alive at that time. 
So, let me begin by saying, first of all, the first observation is the word blessed. Look at how verse 12 says, Here's perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Christ. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead. That almost was my title. I almost chose that as a title, but I didn't. I chose, uh, Can True Faith Be Killed? Because I think that's more of a comprehensive look at the entire passage. But it says, blessed are the dead, a term that would seem strange. We could understand blessed are the living, but to think about blessed are the dead, you might think, wow, that's, that's kind of a, a, a weird way of saying it. But what does blessed mean? So when we get to that section, uh, blessed means, as, as most of you know, it means happy or blissful, or uh, you could say, I, saw, I think I saw nine different words that used blissful, serene, fulfilled, content. Uh, or the dead, which tells us that there basically is life after death. So when we look at this section, verses 9 through 13, you see such a contrast. In verses 9, 10, and 11, you have those who will die as unbelievers. And what a look of, of contrast that is to the verses that we're looking at now, which is verses 12 and 13, which is the life of saints or believers. It is such an important difference that it ought to arrest our attention and to say, what is this that we're actually looking at? How can I be in the right group of those people? This tells us there's life after death because even at death for the unbeliever, it says he will drink of the wine mixed with the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength, the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire, brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And then it says the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day to day. Well, that doesn't go from judgment to annihilation to nothing. They will be actually able to feel that, to endure that, to live that, even after death. So there is a life after death, even for the unbeliever. And then you come to this section, verses 12 and 13, and it is diametrically opposite Death is a blessing for these in verses 12 and 13. It's a curse for those in verses 9 through 11. It says in verse 13, who die in the Lord. Who die in the Lord. This is what our Lord has provided for us through His resurrection. Because I live, you shall live also. He rose to eternal life to give us eternal life. He is the first fruits and we follow. So here's what I want you to understand. Not only is this uh, blessed, we'll be happier those who die in the Lord, but number two, it's a message of comfort. This is a message of encouragement. Because in this text, this promise of blessing and death is very, very critical. Because the one to whom it is given during the time of the tribulation period, the saints that are, are, are at that time are in the middle of the worst persecution that believers in a, com believers of, uh, a community of believers have ever known in human history. They are the worst in time of the history of the world. They are the Holocaust and the mother of all Holocausts and the summation of all the uh, persecutions. They are in a time when everything is being crushed under the power of Satan or even the judgment of the power of God. They are in the greatest time of slaughter the world has ever known. The greatest time of martyrdom that believers have ever suffered. That's why this section is so important. So during the tribulation period, 
People, imagine people are going to be gathered in houses or in caves or in street corners or, or hidings to read the Word of God, to see what's coming next, looking for encouragement. Well, they're going to read this, and they're going to be encouraged. Some will, some won't. Those who do not know Christ are going to be warned. It's a message of condemnation to those who fit the description of the ones in verses 9 through 11. In other words, who are those people that fit that description? They are unbelievers, but that, most, most everybody think they're believers. It's the people who, it says here, who, have, who worship the beast in his image, and they have received a mark on their forehead, upon their hand. That's judgment. That's doom. That means there is no more grace provided for them. So it's not a message of comfort for them. But it's a message of comfort for those who follow Christ. In this text, the promise of blessing and death is very, very critical because the ones to whom it is given, the saints, are the ones going to be living there in that time. They're in the middle of all of this. It's a strange place for a beatitude to say blessed are those people. They're not going to feel blessed at the time. It's a strange place to say blessed are those who die in the Lord. They're still alive, but yet they're struggling It's so important to have the comfort of a beatitude, a blessed reality. In fact, there are seven beatitudes in the book of Revelation. This is just one of them. But there are blessings all through the Scriptures, or beatitudes all through the Scriptures. I can't, time doesn't even permit me to give all of them. There's dozens and dozens, seven in the book of Revelation. Psalm 32 says, Blessed uh, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Uh, uh, Psalm uh, 65, blessed is one who chooses to draw near to your courts. 84, Psalm 84, uh, Psalm 106, Psalm 112. I could go on and on. Or Proverbs 8, blessed is the man who listens to me. Or again in Proverbs 8, blessed is the man who keeps my sayings. And then there's a wonderful Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. And so it is a blessing to be able to read all of these things. Blessed are the dead. This is the one we're looking at. Might seem like a, a comment of cold, indifferent heart, but that's because you don't understand the Christian gospel, the Christian truth, the biblical promise. Blessed are the dead. Paul says to be absent from, uh, to, to, to die in the Lord, or to die, to be absent from the flesh, to be present with the Lord. And so blessed are the dead. There are two realities to contribute to the blessings of, of those who die in the Lord. Number one is how they live. That's what we're looking at here. How these people live. And number two, how they die. So I want to talk about that in this verse, in this passage. This passage actually uh, defines perseverance. Because I want you to look at that word. Look at verse 12. Here is perseverance of the saints. That is almost like a definition that is given here. Here is perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God in their faith in Christ. The death of a believer, the one who dies in the Lord, is blessed in his death because of how he or she has lived. And that's the point, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how we can see this in the Scriptures? Believers live with perseverance. Believers actually live with this perseverance. Just looking at that phrase makes you ask the question, Man, what, what is all this? Is this a security? Have you heard the phrase or perhaps a mundane definition of once saved, always saved? The perseverance of the saints 
emphasizes the reality that regenerated people will continue in the faith to the very end. No matter what may come against them, the character of true faith is enduring. That's what that word perseverance means. Perseverance of the saints is a critical reality. So many Christians today, I I hear it, I read it, I talk to people who do not believe that just because you are saved, they say, at one point means you're going to be saved forever. They just can't seem to understand that. But that is because they are not understanding that great critical reality. The classic doctrine provides assurance, it provides hope, it provides joy to every true believer. And of course you and I know, don't we? That word believer is so, in our day and time, in our culture, so subjective. This is the word for true believer. And what does it say? Well... What does it mean? Listen to the statement of fact. Here is a statement of fact. Here is perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God in their faith in Christ. That's not a command. That's not a suggestion. That's not a mandate. That is simply a statement of fact. So we could say in verse 12, the very first uh, verse 12 is actually a statement of fact. True saints persevere. Last week I talked about a phrase that I had heard my, uh, a, a, friend, a friend of mine say several times. In fact, I even said it from the pulpit many times. The faith that fizzles before the finish was flawed from the first. Well, persevering faith or saving faith or true faith does not fizzle. There is no flaw in that faith. It will endure to the very end. If you want to know whether true faith perseveres, the best place in the Bible to see it in living color is this section we're in, Revelation chapter 14. Because the persecution against believers is greater than any other time in history, right? You understand that, don't you? That this is the worst that our world has ever seen. It's the worst times because we're looking at the book of Revelation at the future. It hasn't happened yet. But when it does happen, those believers in that time, when reading this, will be encouraged that they will not lose faith, that their faith will endure. We're looking at Satan running rampant over the earth, the Antichrist, the false prophet, demons, sin, and the judgment of God falling, wickedness on the earth that would exceed the, uh, the, the wickedness in our day. Many times over it would be. So if you want to prove the perseverance of the saints, then watch the saints who are in the worst of times, still yet future. I think that will give us a pretty good idea, a pretty good picture of what perseverance of the saints is. That becomes the greatest evidence. And so again, I say the character of saving faith, the underlying perseverance is never more clearly and powerfully seen than in the context of this passage. Now we already know, because we're going through the book of Revelation, that saints are being massacred, right? We know that. Gentile Christians are being killed. Jewish Christians are being killed. The fury of Satan is being unleashed. Matthew warns against that. In Matthew chapter 24, it says, uh, There will be a great tribulation, Jesus says, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. It's the worst of times, isn't it? 
And so we see this and we, we begin to understand that this really is a statement of fact. It's a true statement. Eternal security, once saved, always saved. Those are true statements. They, however, do not express the reality of how that happens. I know it, so many times I've heard people say, oh, I believe in once saved, always saved. And with no real understanding of what this is, this is actually involved in persecution. I mean, perseverance of the saints. It happens because we have been given by God's grace and power and enduring faith. Let me say that again. I hope you understand what I just said. It happens because, in other words, our faith endures because we have been given by God's grace and power and enduring faith. We've been given a faith that perseveres. Really? Where? When? That's how you were saved. In fact, let me take you to Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to show you something out of Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8, it says, and most of you know this by heart probably. Ephesians 2 eight says, For by grace you have been, what? Saved. Then it says, Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Have you ever wondered what that gift of God is? Does it tell us in the verse what the gift of God is? Well, the gift of God, if you look at the verse, the gift is the faith. That is the faith that we have been given. And then let me go back and give you that statement I just made a second ago. It happens. Enduring faith happens. Perseverance of the faith happens because we have been given by God's grace. There it is in that verse. Look at what it says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. In other words, an enduring faith, a faith that perseveres. We have been given a faith that perseveres. That's the faith that believers receive the moment they're saved. Now, how long does it last? It will last forever. When saints are facing the worst of times, they're still coming. Now, our times can seem pretty bad. I have, In fact, lately I have heard of several people. Bless their hearts. I know they're Christians. At least in my heart I feel like they are. Are facing some terrible, terrible decisions with cancer. And, 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 and different things. And they are faced with some pretty serious, or actually very serious decisions. Uh, so much so that I tell you, even as I am sitting here thinking about this and some of these people, I wish I could mention their name, but I, I probably should not. For I would not want to embarrass anyone. But when saints are facing the worst that they've ever known, and these saints in the future will be facing the worst never known in human history, they can be assured that their faith will persevere. The faith of a true believer will persevere. It will persevere because that is the nature of saving faith. That is a tremendous, important promise to the saints of the future as well as the saints of today. Regenerated or saved people continue in faith to the very end, no matter how difficult it becomes. This is a a, a truth that just, I think it kind of shocks believers to think that, what do you mean it doesn't it doesn't matter how bad it gets. No matter how difficult it becomes, the character of our faith is enduring. 
the perseverance, it couldn't possibly more clearly seen than in these people. It, it is amazing. Uh, he, and let me quote. This, this is by another author. It says, Here we are face to face with face to face with saints, and these in Revelation 14, who belong to the Lord in the future time of tribulation who lived during the worst assaults of Satan in all of human history and the very judgments of God around them. And then it says, they will survive with their faith intact. And what he means by that, in other words, it doesn't mean they're not going to die. Some will survive and go right into the kingdom. Some will die, but they will die in the Lord. So, again... This passage is telling us, and here we meet the most tested, potentially terrified believers in all of history, with the most powerful assaults of hell's host, demons that is, coming against them during the most troubled and wicked time of human history, when the restraining work of the Holy Spirit is removed. And folks, let me tell you, there are going to be a lot of Christians alive during that time. There are going to be a lot of people gathered in small groups to read, just to get a glimpse of the Word of God, just to have enough encouragement from the Word of God to keep them going for another couple of hours, perhaps. Listen to what Job said. Job said, Though he slay me, yet, I, yet will I trust him, because saving faith perseveres. The brief passage of encouragement for believers is set in between what I read you, these dramatic contrasting sections of the horrible damnation and the worshipers of Antichrist. The whole world follows the Antichrist and Satan right into hell, right into the lake of fire in the midst of these true saints who are surviving, who are living, who have a true faith. But let me tell you another truth that is here. Perseverance does not mean that when we face difficulties, we will not fear. Folks, we will fear. We may have a fear. The flesh does not want to be in pain. We might face these difficulties. A lot of folks who think this is the worst of times in their life, maybe it is. Maybe it's the worst they've ever seen. But these people are going to face something even far worse than that. Many of them are going to be wounded critically and be trying to live. Yet they're going to have a faith. That's the nature of saving faith. Those who truly belong to Christ will remain loyal. They will not fall prey to the lies. They will not fall prey to the deception that is going to permeate throughout the whole world. They will not be undermined in their faith. Satan cannot touch them any more than he could touch Job. This is the special blessing that this addresses here. And so we're talking about saints here. We're talking about true believers. We're talking about those who have a saving faith. And there will be... We've already looked at this in Revelation chapter 7. We, we, we know that the, the true faith is there. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how much power of Satan who runs the world is unleashed, our faith overcomes. That's what First John chapter 5 verse 4 writes. Isn't it? For who, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. It says even our faith, our faith overcomes the world. So no matter what the world uh, sees, as far as dangers, troubles, 
evil, wicked, no matter how much of the power of Satan, our faith overcomes. First John chapter 5 again. Who is the one? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We, 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 we know there's also Hebrews chapter 11 that gives us so many examples of this. In fact, I've had people tell me it's kind of scary to read all that the believers in the Old Testament had to go through. The, the actions and the things they were uh, they, they did. Others And listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 32. Time will... What more shall I say? Time will fail me if I tell you about all these people that he lists who by faith conquered kingdoms performed acts of righteousness. Uh, women received back the dead of the resurrection. Then he goes on. Others experienced mocking, scourgings, chains, imprisonment, stones, sewn in two, tempted and were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world has not, was not worthy. Wandering in the deserts and mountains and caves. You know what? That may be what it's going to be like during the tribulation period. Because you do know that according to... I'll just read you this. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 says this in verse 4. I saw thrones. They sat upon them. Judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls. Listen to this. The souls of those who have been... These are saints who have died... I saw the souls of those, or I could say the believers of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the Word of God. Those who had not worshipped the beast or His image had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Folks, it could get really bad even before the tribulation period begins. But this was bad in the Old Testament. And you know what? They all died in faith. Their faith survived all of those horrible persecutions. And it's the same thing that we're finding out in Revelation chapter 14. We are finding out that these saints, the character of their faith will not fizzle before their life is finished. Man. You might think, well, what about those people who make a profession of faith and walk away? Doesn't that prove that, that, that their faith is not, uh, that their faith can walk away, that they can quit? Well, if, if I think that's a, that's a pretty accurate statement. I've actually heard people say that to me. Sometimes I can't always remember this verse, but it's found in 1 John 2.19. 1 John 2.19 says, They went out from us, because they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. They went out from us that it might be manifested they never were of us. Wow, that's what it's saying. You can't walk away from the faith. It's a gift. It is sealed. You are going to persevere to the very end. How can this be true? Well, you look back at this and in, 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 in verse 12 of, of Revelation 14, the character of this or the nature of this, they do two things. They keep the commandments of God and they keep their faith. They obey and trust. They keep the commandments of God. That's a characteristic of all true believers. That's what true believers do. We obey. Now, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but that's also not an excuse. We can't say, well, I, I can do this because I'm not perfect. God doesn't expect me perfect. No, that's not what that says. 
That's not what that's about. Obedience is always the evidence of salvation. An enduring commitment to, of true Christians to obey the Word of God is the mark of salvation. What a mark it is. Not only do they obey, but they trust. The Old Testament saints gave their life for this, and they, their faith remained intact. Saving faith is marked by obedience. That's how we live. We live by that. But there's also a second thing. Verse 13, verse 12 says, it, it deals with how they, they live, and it says, the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Christ, they keep both. But look at verse 13. It talks about how we die. We don't want to stop at the point of death, so the second feature of the text comes in verse 13, how we live in verse 12, and then how we die. We live in perseverance, persevering in our trust, persevering in our obedience, but more importantly, the point is when we die, and we will die, we die with the promise. We die with the promise. We live with perseverance. We die with the promise of eternal life. Listen to what 13 says. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Man, who's speaking here? Well, we could go through all of this, but I think it's the voice of Christ. It's a divine command, I think, rather than an angel. John is under a divine mandate to write. And write this down. He's told, blessed are the dead. This is out of, the, out of heaven itself. Blessed are the dead. Reminds me of Psalm 116, 15, does it not? Think about that. Write that down. Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. That's it, folks. When we die, we die in the Lord because we belong to Him. But look at what it says. I also want you to notice verse 13. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. That doesn't mean it started right there. Because there's really a poor translation here. From now on, for the rest of history is what it means. It means for the rest of history to the very end of what this. In other words, these saints who, who are reading this right then, it means it will continue all the way to the end. This Blessed are the dead will continue all the way to the very end. <coughs> to your die. To when you when your time when you die. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. That's only true if you're a believer. Then it says the Spirit says, Yes. Yes. Although the Spirit of God is the author of Scripture, we know that. Uh, we, we've seen that in, in actually in Revelation chapter 1. This is the Spirit giving affirmation to this. This is the Spirit of God affirming this. It's an amazing affirmation. He's on our side. He's taking us to glory. That's what Ephesians says. We are sealed by the Spirit into the day of redemption. It is the Spirit that keeps us, guards us, protects us. And when we finally die as martyrs, under the worst of circumstances, we enter into the blessedness of the next life. So the Spirit says, yes, that's His work. To bring us to glory. What an amazing thing that is. But then it says two things. We leave this world and it says we die in the Lord. It says the Spirit, yes, the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow with them. Rest from their labors. Really, the labors means troubles. 
So it sort of comes to mean troubles and, 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 and to do the passage of time. So all the troubles of life, all the things including a, a certain kind of fatigue. I'm not just saying a physical fatigue, but just the fatigue of living in a fallen condition, in a fallen corrupt world. You'll rest from that. Remember, many of these he's talking to are in a time of the highest anxiety, disappointment, and burdens they've ever seen, ever in history. So they're going to be able to rest from all that. And then it says their works will follow with them. Their deeds will follow with them. That's a positive thing. What does that mean? Well, that's your reward. You won't have to wait till heaven to have it in heaven. It's a work in the sense that it will dissipate energy or anything. That's not what it's talking about here. You will work in heaven, but it will be meaningful work. You won't have obstacles or barriers or impediments or restraints or disappointments. What you will have in heaven is the reward for the work that you did against the grain of all those things here on earth. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says it this way. God will not forget your labor. God will not forget your kingdom work. In fact, you will receive a crown of life. Our work goes with us. Blessed are the dead. Death is a blessing when you live with persevering faith. When you enter into the perfection of heaven, it's a blessing. Salvation is one blessing that we experience while here living in the flesh. True faith is that faith that doesn't finish, a fizzle before the finish. It will remain true all the way to the end. So what more can we say? Blessed are those who die in the Lord. They will rest forever and ever. So let me give you back the title. Remember the title that I said it was? Can true faith be killed? The answer is unapologetically, absolutely not. That faith that God gave you will make it to the very dying breath. But it doesn't stop there. It will carry you through heaven. You say, well, I need faith in heaven? I don't know. I've never been there. But I know this. It is eternal. Jesus said in John 10, I will never forsake thee, nor never lose thee, nor forsake thee. Never cast you out. You are always going to be in Christ. Those who die in the Lord. You see that? Verse 12. Here's perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Who die in the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Are you going to die in the Lord? Are you in the Lord now? Are you going to die in the Lord? That's a question, isn't it? You know that most Americans think they're going to die and go straight to heaven. I just read a survey put out by Ligonier. That says 80% of all Americans believe they're going to heaven, regardless. I've got people in my circle, in my neighborhood, who say, I believe I'm going to heaven just because I've been good. I've never lied or mistreated people. Let me tell you, folks, that's not what gets you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The greedy, it's the gospel. The presentation to you, you receive, you trust, you believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can true faith ever be killed? Absolutely. Thank you today for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. 
brought to you brought to you by again this is William Rogers out of the book of Revelation chapter 14 thank you again for joining us